everyone. Thanks for checking out the Citizens Podcast. We are the high school student ministry at Maranatha Bible Church, and we meet on Sundays at 11 a.m. in the student wing. If you enjoy this podcast, we would love it if you posted it on your Instagram story and tag at NBC Citizens. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy. Man, thank you, Tran. I'm a beast at your age, so if you guys ever go into a Slumdom Millionaire show, let me know and I'll do the charades. I've never lost a charade. Never. Anyways, uh, enough about the charades. Let's talk about bold. We've been doing this series for a couple weeks now, two weeks to be precisely, today being our third week, and uh, we're going to finish today, and it's something that I've been excited about. You know, we had some new people in the room, some of you have been here and did you your whole life, but regardless of where you have, wherever you are on that uh, pendulum, see what I did there, uh, I think that it's important for us to be reminded of the vision and mission of Mary, not the student. And when we talk about this, we talk about how a mission and a vision statement Basically, a mission is where you are today and what you, what you want to see in people today. What are you representing? What is that? Who you are today, basically, is how I would define it. And a vision is where do you want to go? Where do you see yourself today going to? We talk about how many ministries, business, organization, those two things tend to change or, or they tend to be different. But here at Maranatha, for the student ministry, those two things are the same. We want every single one of you, say it with me, to boldly share Christ in all areas of your life. Now, let's try it again and act like you mean it and act like you know it. Boldly share Christ in all areas of our life. Nice. The goal is that when you leave Maranatha... When you graduate or if your family decides to leave to go to another church or for whatever reason, then when you leave this place, that you will understand and that you will believe that statement. This is what we want to see in each one of you. This is what we want to see in you down the road, that every single one of you that go through the doors of Maranatha Student Ministry, that you will boldly share Christ in all areas of your life. And so today, we, we, I mean, uh, let me take a, a step back. We talk about why it's, what the gospel is and how important it is that it's the power for salvation for anyone to believe. And then we talk about how the gospel, sometimes it is difficult for us to, to actually boldly share because we come up with excuses. That's what we talked last week about how we tend to put ourselves in the middle of things. So our life, at the middle of our life, at the center of our life, we tend to put ourselves there. And it will be impossible for you or me to share Christ, to be boldly to boldly share Christ when you are the only thing that you're concerned about. We talk about how you need to surrender yourself and how you need to put yourself aside and allow God to be the one or allow Jesus to be the person that is in that room. Only then you'll be able to boldly share Christ. But today we're going to be talking about this idea of satisfaction uh, when it comes to the gospel, being satisfied. Now, Anyone, I would say everyone in this room should have an understanding of what it means to be satisfied. I mean, there's a lot of ways that you can go about it. I mean, you think about this world from the moment that you have your first breath to the moment that you have your last breath. It is in, it is in our natural design for us to want something and to want more of it. We want to ha achieve to that feeling of satisfaction. Think about food, for example. If you're someone that you like food, you want to eat food till you're fully satisfied. You don't want to just eat one, take a bite, and be solely done. Instead, you want to eat till you feel like you're full, till you feel like you are done with, that you have no room in your stomach. 
Think about relationships. Think about how people, they're willing to do whatever they can. They're willing to compromise. They're willing to go to the extreme to feel that moment of satisfaction, to get to that feeling of satisfaction. I am satisfied. A success. Think about people, what they do. It's like nothing is enough. So they continue to get more jobs. They continue to find places where they can make more money. They continue to do X, Y, and C with the hope that they could be satisfied. All of us want to be satisfied. And when it comes to a lot of things, we're never, we never have enough. But when it comes to the gospel, I want to make the case today that many of us, if you're a Christian, many of us do get satisfied with the gospel. And I want to be kind of, I want to clarify this because you should be satisfied with the gospel. But many of us don't see the gospel for what it actually is. See, we taste the gospel, we taste a little bit of the gospel, and we're satisfied. When in reality, the gospel of Jesus has so much to offer. It's like this donut right here, or this box of donuts, that you could definitely eat this entire do- box of donuts. Because it's like the moment you put this Krispy Kreme donuts on your mouth, they melt, and it's like they don't even taste, they, or they do taste good, but they don't even feel like anything. An individual here most likely could eat this entire box. I certainly can't. But imagine how it would be if you just ate one donut and you threw the rest away or you disregarded the rest away. It would be a waste of it, wouldn't it? It would be a waste. That's what sometimes some of us do with the gospel. We have a little taste of the gospel and we're done with it. We don't want to experiment more. We don't want to uh, uh, learn more about the gospel. We don't want to embrace the gospel because we have a little bit of satisfaction. We get satisfied with too little when the gospel of Jesus has so much to offer. And so if we were to put it into words, if we were to say how you're feeling and how I'm feeling, we will say I am full. I am full with the gospel. And here's why it is hard for us to boldly share Christ in all, in all areas of our life. It's because we are satisfied with so little. See, the gospel has three aspects to it. It has the past, the present, and the future. The, uh, the gospel of Jesus, that message we, we talk about that is, to, that is the power to salvation for anyone who believes, for the individuals that believe in the message of the gospel, the gospel has three ways in which it affects you. It affects you in the past, it affects you in the present, and it would affect you in the future. But what happened with most of us and the reality as to why we have a hard time sharing the gospel in our areas of our life is because we are only so concerned, we wrongfully view the gospel as only as being in the past and in the future, and we forget about the present. And you think about this, and I, and, and I think about the Bible and, and, and the aspect of the, of, of the gospel in the past, and I think about Romans, 1, or Romans 8, 1, which says this. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. So this verse that where Paul is writing to them, for those who believe in Jesus, for those who believe in the message of the gospel, there is now no condemnation. 
There is no reason, if you believe in the message of the gospel, there is nothing that can be said about you before a holy God that will condemn you. Because Jesus died on the cross because his power, his message, what he did for you and for me on the cross, it is the power for salvation. Because of what he did there, we have been justified. We have been free from our sins, right? So we're no longer condemned. We're no longer, there's no one that can accuse us before the Father. No condemnation for those who are in Christ. That happened in the moment of salvation. That is the past of your life, and also it will be your future. But we look at that, you believe in the gospel, and you think about that moment when you believe and when you thought, man, I am sorry, Jesus. I am sorry, God, for my sins. I am sorry that I have done this and that, and I accept you into my heart. And you remember that moment. You, rem- you, you think about that moment often, and you're thankful for that moment. Maybe you think, you think about songs on, on, on church but the reality is you, we, we just think about in the past. And we're thankful for what Jesus did for us on the cross and how we're forgiven. And for many of us, that's it. We're safe. We've been forgiven. There's no condemnation. I'm good. I'm satisfied. When the gospel has so much to offer, then just that forgiveness of your sin we yet still we get satisfied with too little, which is why it's so difficult for you to bullish your Christ in all areas of your life. And then you have the other aspect of it, which is in the future. And you think about John 3, 16. We all, I mean, as you said, most of us have heard this, this verse. Some of us may have it by memory. It says in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So we look at the effect that the gospel has in your life, in my life, in the future, and we think about how when you believe in the message of the gospel, this message that has the power for salvation, when you believe in it, now you have been granted, now you have access to eternal life. That when you die, that the day that you perish, You don't have to worry. You don't have to be anxious. You don't have to fear because of the blood of Jesus. You now have been redeemed. You have been saved. You have been forgiven. And you have been granted access to heaven for the rest of eternity. So whereas in your past you are forgiven, in the future you have access to a life in abundance with Jesus in heaven. And so as Christians, we often live our life in those two, with those reality in mind, where we look at the gospel and we think, yeah, the gospel of Jesus, what it did for me is that it freed me from my sin. I'm not longer accused because of my sin, but also I am now have access to heaven. And you look at your life and you put, and you have this over here and you have this over here, but then there's nothing in between. And we get too, and we get too satisfied with so little. Whereas the gospel of Jesus has so much to offer than just simply the fact that you are no longer condemned or accused and that you now have eternal life when you die. The gospel of Jesus has so much to offer than just those two things. But the reason why it is so hard for us to boldly share Christ in all areas of our life is because we look at those two things and we are satisfied when Jesus has so much to offer, when the gospel of Jesus has so much to offer. In fact, I want to, th- I want to pay attention to what Paul says in, for, in Philippians 1. 
Uh, Paul is writing this letter to a church that uh, they, they really love Paul, they really appreciate Paul, but they themselves were questioning some of the things that Paul was experiencing. Some of them were saying that Paul is not really a Christian because of some of the struggles. Some of them were saying, hey, Paul, if you truly were a Christian, then you wouldn't be enduring hardship. And Paul is writing this letter to encourage them and remind them that the work that or the things that he's experiencing in his life, it is for the sake of the gospel that he's enduring all of those things because of the gospel. But in Philippians 1, 6, he says, he says this, for I am sure of this, I have this certainty in my life, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. That he who began the good work in you will bring it into completion at the end of, his, of Christ. Whereas we're here thinking that, we are full, that we're satisfied you see Paul writing to this church, and he's telling them that the work of Christ that started in the past and that will be completed in the future, there's something that's going to happen in the between. That in the present of the gospel, that the gospel present has the power and should be impacting your life every single day of your life. See, we cannot bullish your Christ in all areas of our life when we are satisfied solely with what the gospel did in our past and what it will do with our future. But in the same time, the effect of the gospel are not exclusive to the past or of the future. The gospel is and should affect our daily life. Think about this. Jesus did not simply die on the cross so that you wouldn't go to hell. And this is one of my biggest pet peeves that I have with many pastors that will go on and share. And, and they will get on the pulpit and they will teach and they will share. Hey, if you don't want to go to hell, you believe in the message of the gospel. If you don't want to spend the rest of eternity in hell, then you believe in the gospel. And although that is true, and although that is a major part of the message of the gospel, Jesus did not just simply die so that you wouldn't go to hell. He dies so that you can have life and have life in abundance. And it's not a life in abundance that happens in eternity. It is a life in abundance that happens the moment you start believing in the message of the gospel. There now that you were lost, now you're found. That you were dead, then now you're alive. That you were captive, and now you have freedom to live the life that Jesus and that God has designed for your life. That is what the gospel message does to you. It is not an act, a free car access to heaven, or it's not a, a, a car to get out of hell. It is an act, it's, it's, it's something that Jesus devoted his life. He died so that you and I can have a relationship with him every single day of our life. See, when you look at the gospel as something being of the past and of the future, you lose the reality of the relationship that needs to happen between you and God every single day of your life. When you only think of what happened when you first believed and what will happen when you go to heaven, you forget that you have to live your entire life devoted to this message. This is why Paul will later say on the same verse, he will say in, in Philippians 1.21, he says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Paul is faced with a struggle where he's talking to them. He said, I don't know if I should die. I would much rather die right now so that I can be in the presence of God. But I also know that, I should, uh, that it will be for your benefit as a church that I will stay so that I could share with you the goodness of God. And in that struggle that he's going through, he makes this statement. He said, for me to live 
is Christ. For me to live is Christ. And to God and to die is gain. But for me to live is Christ. See, Paul is also the one that will write it on and say, if there was if there was someone that we would have said, Paul is satisfied with the gospel, it would have been Paul. Paul, a man that really get to experience the fullness of the gospel. He got to see Jesus and God working in his life. He could have made that statement. But in another letter, he said, hey, I am not close to the goal. For I continue to press on towards the goal of the ultimate call, which is in Christ Jesus. Because to him, to live is Christ. To live is Christ. If we were to go around this room, row by row, individual by individual, and I was to ask you, what do you live for? What would you say? Could you sincerely and truthfully say that you live for Christ? That your life revolves around the gospel? That you want the gospel to be something that bursts out of you for the rest of your life. That for you to live is Christ. Could you say that? If the answer is no, then clearly you know why it's, it's, why it's impossible or why is it hard for you to boldly share Christ in our, all areas of your life. When you are just so cut up, when you are just satisfied with too little, when you get satisfied with the fact that you're not longer condemned, that you're not longer accused, and when you get satisfied with the fact that you now get to go to heaven, but disregard everything else that comes with the gospel, our relationship with Jesus, someone that you can have access to between the Father, that intercedes between you and the Father, that when you're finding yourself struggling, having a hard time, that you have access to the Father in prayer because of what he did for you on the cross. That you now have a purpose in your life that to go out and to boldly share Christ. That when you feel alone, you're not truly alone. Even though you may feel like that, knowledge and understanding will tell you that you are the son and daughter of a precious kin. That you are valuable, that you are special, and you have that reminder and that uh, purpose in your life. See, the gospel has so much to offer, and yet we get so satisfied. We get satisfied with so little of the gospel. If you truly want to boldly share Christ with all areas of your life, then do not get satisfied. Just like Paul in his letter, he's recognizing that for so long as he lived, God is going to continue to work in his life till the day that Jesus returned. The effect of the gospel in your life and in my life should be happening on the daily. Which means that we should not be satisfied. That we need to be seeking the gospel. That we need to be learning about what the gospel does in your life and in my life. And only then we will be able to boldly share Christ in all areas of your life. I love this psalm right here. And I'll read it and then I'll ask a question and we're done. I love this psalm because it's, it's, it's come from David. And although David at that time did not have the gospel that you and I had, in it you get to see his heart for God. 
and his desire to build that relationship with God. And you and I should emulate what we see here from David, and that should be our desire, what we want from the gospel every single day of our life. He said this in Psalms 84. He says, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul yet faints for the course of the Lord. My heart and flesh sings for you, the living God. Even the sparrows find a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young. And at the altar, O Lord of hosts, my king and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praises. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. Their early rain also covers with pools. They go from strand to strand. Each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord of God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold our chill, O God. Look on the face of your anointed. Now don't miss this part. For a day in your court is better than a thousand elsewhere. I will rather be a doorkeeper in your house, my God, than dwell in the tents of wickedness. Let me read that again. For a date in your court is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wickedness. For the Lord God is, my, is a son and a child to the Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. This is Paul or David's prayer and heart towards God. That he must rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God for the rest of his life than dwell in a tent with all the prestigious and most uh, com- best accommodations that you could think of. This is a man that had a heart for more. A heart that, that desired and, and hoped to have more in, in, in God. For you and I, when it comes to the gospel, are you satisfied? Are you satisfied with the gospel or will you want more from the gospel? Are you going to ask every day of your life for the next days, of your, for, the, for the rest of your life, will you seek to ask God that through the gospel message, that through what Jesus did for you on the cross, that you will recognize that to live is Christ? That your life should represent Christ. That you should indeed boldly share Christ in our areas of your life. Or or will you just be satisfied with too little? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you for the fact that we can study your word. Thank you for the fact that we can open and learn from you, Lord. I pray, Father, that as we conclude this series on boldness, Lord, that every single one of us, Lord, that we will be committed to this message of the gospel, that we will recognize what it is that you did on the cross for us, Lord, how this message is indeed the power for salvation for anyone who believes, Lord, and that just like Paul, Lord, that we will not let ourselves or excuses or whatever keep us from recognizing that to live 
it's you, Lord, that delivers Christ. And that we will not just get to a point where we can forget and disregard the gospel, what you did for us on the cross, Lord, but that we will have this desire from within to want more from you, Lord. That we will seek after you. That we will ask more of you, Lord. And we praise you and we thank you for all the things that you have done in our life, Lord. We pray this in your name. Amen. Just one more thing, if you, uh, if you, again, if you, have more, if you have prayer requests that will be on the back, don't forget to, to uh, write them down. We would love to be praying for you guys. Uh, we're, next week, we're going to start our next series, and it's going to be a series on idols. So you don't want to miss that. You want to invite friends, and thank you so much for joining us today, and good morning and sitting.